Well, Stephen, being the first Christian martyr, he paved the way. And it was Tertullian who said the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Uh, Somebody else said, and I, I, I don't know who exactly said it, but he said, the problem with Christians is nobody wants to kill them anymore because they multiply every time you do kill them. Right, and this is this is what has happened with Stephen. When Stephen died, there was a seed that went down, and it was really a starter gun for the church. I don't remember where I heard it either, but it, it was said that when the Apostle Paul died, undoubtedly he entered into heaven with the stereophonic praises of the martyrs that he had himself put to death, because that's how the gospel works, that we are rooting for people to come to Christ, that people would count us as their enemies, but we don't count them as our enemies. We just realize that people are perhaps dead in their sins and their trespasses, that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, that the thing that is going on around us is more spiritual than it is physical. And of course, uh, Stephen paving the way for us is just the one of many. Though he was the first, he wasn't the last. And until that last one comes and dies, and whoever that is and inherits salvation, then Christ will eventually come. But yeah, it's a pathway paved with blood. Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, iota, kappa, lambda, mu, nu, xi, omicron, pyro, sigma, tau, upsilon, phi, keep, C, omega. Is <laughs> this going to go I didn't know you knew Hebrew. Yeah. shalom, <laughs> shalom. You just throw out the words you know and you try to speak a language you don't know. Yeah, I, that's the Greek alphabet. I learned that. When I was a student, I was a student at Biola University. I don't know if you guys know that or not. I don't know what Biola is doing these days. Oscar mm. has a friend who teaches there. Hopefully, they're doing good stuff. But yeah, that was in a song in, in my Greek class that we learned. And isn't it amazing when you think about it, how music helps us remember things? I knew a little Greek years ago. He owned a fish and chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> little Caesar? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but no, seriously, though, like songs, you know, you got the... You, you, you know, the presidents, my daughter um, was trying to teach her kids a president, so she used a song. Um, books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and then there's Roman. Roman? Is that a real song? <laughs> Roman. Roman. <laughs> Roman. Eddie, Eddie Roman? Eddie Roman. <laughs> Eduardo Romano. Yeah, but it, it really is a cool tool. Ooh, Did I? Rhyme. It cool, does. Cool. Seriously, I can remember Bible verses from 35, no, more than that, 45 years ago that I learned in, in song. It just comes oh, I can. Oh. I know Bible verses from two thousand years ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Three thousand years ago. You know, but seriously, does music ever make you think? I mean, it makes Stevie wonder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mark's on the dad jokes website. Oh, that's for dear. sure. No. <laughs> oh, Mark, you told such a good one earlier, and you wasted it. No, now I can we can't give you natural laughter. Last night, my printer started playing music. I'm so confused. Coming to find out, my printer was just jamming <laughs> the way you say it though the facial expression i knew it and it makes still it made me laugh oh okay good. side note the yeah. other day i went uh, normally kelly oh, goes, you're gonna say side cart donuts. Side cart donuts. oh wait it's not it's thursday. not thursday oh okay uh it, for those who are listening i normally bring in treats when we do our podcast on thursday yeah. but it's wednesday so you don't get any yeah you didn't bring my cream puff last time but uh Normally, my wife goes shopping on Mondays, our grocery shopping for the week, and I got a chance to go with her the other day, and we walked into this Trader Joe's 
that's a grocery store here in you Southern get California. Free food in there if you, if you in certain places. That's Costco, really? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, both. Oh yeah, really? Trader Joe's has the little stuff that you eat, mm. but nobody eats. It's the stuff that nobody buys. It's <laughs> <laughs> the, the old stuff. cardboard with sauce. Oh. Well, anyway, we turn the corner and More some soup. guy is throwing like butter and milk. Uh, no, don't tell me this is that dairy protest thing that or the. Uh, Whatever you no. call it. No, no, no. this is a dad joke. No, he's throwing like milk it. and he's throwing butter and some lady screams, how dare he? <laughs> <laughs> it was a dad uh, joke. I thought it was true that whole time, Oscar. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Doofusness. Um, Those are the best. But no, I was thinking, this is just something I was thinking on about rhyme, you know? What is it? I mean, you know, songs and learning things through songs, but those songs usually rhyme. What is it about rhyme that is satisfying? You know what I'm saying? Like when someone's sharing a poem or or even lyrics in a song, there's a payoff, right? When the Who's rhyme hits. Roses are red. Oh, roses are red, violets are blue. Some poems rhyme, some don't. <laughs> <laughs> me gusta mucho, me joke. gusta mucho. That's the best joke of the podcast oh, so that's far. that's a good one. Yeah, I got a John the um, today. Thank you, Mark. But yeah, uh, but you know, it, it really yeah, helps uh, my... You know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, but, but, you know, but, you know, no, no, um. <laughs> that was satisfying. I am so impressed that our listeners are still listening. <laughs> Everybody impressed. But, you know, my dream, honestly, is one day to be able to summarize every book of the Bible in rhyme form, like Mm. each chapter. You guys know I did that. You did that with Matthew. Matthew. Just a little bit of Matthew. Okay, well, it started with Acts. When I was at Biola, I had an Acts class. You shared this with me the day. Did I? Yeah. Did I share on the podcast? No, just me, because I was reading reading through Acts. Oh, that's right. That's what it was, yeah. So I, I was uh, at Biola, and I had an Acts uh, book of Acts class. And you guys remember my friend Mark Moore from Christ of Far It's a, it's a oh, yeah. famous uh, Christian reggae band. I think they were like the pioneers in, the, in that in the Christian world. Anyway, we had Acts class, and we had to do a project, and you had to partner with someone. So he and I partnered up. I was a rapper. He was a reggae guy. And we did a reggae rap song through the book of Acts. And to this day, I still use it, just like I did with you. So, Show us. Okay, so it's, it goes like this. Acts 1, resurrection, commission, ascension, and they choose the 12th one, a little bit of reggae flare in there too chapter two they said the, uh, wait chapter two tongue of fire on the jew oh wait what no, <laughs> no. you don't remember ah. it moving wait, on x1 resurrection coming shion ascension and they choose the 12th one chapter two god's promise comes true day of pentecost tongue of fire on the jew chapter three they set the layman free then peter preaches to everybody chapter four persecution in store pete and john arrested then they preach some more chapter five you can't lie and survive and a nice and sapphire they tried but they died apostles arrested angels released gamaliel spoke and the jews anger ceased chapter six problem with the hellenistic seven get picked and the problem gets picked Fixed. Eight scattered. Sweeter come late. Come Peter, John, you know, gone. Chapter nine. Saul gets blind. Ten and eleven. Peter's vision from heaven, and it goes on from there. Oh, that's so good. Easy. We should slow down. You so should memorize it, not just read it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I right. did not. That was by memory. But you know what, though, it's so cool. Like I'll think, okay, chapter six, Act six. Oh, problem with the Hellenistic. Seven get picked, and the problem gets fixed. Oh, what's chapter seven? Oh, see by speech by Stephen, he gets stones to Christ in heaven. It's like Ray, the whole you know, one son, two shoe, three, three tree, four, four door, door, five, high, six. You six. help me with that. Like when I go grocery what shopping or something, I'll. Oh, I learned it when I was about. This is like 1853. (laughs) Seriously, it's called... The the people. I'm not going to say. It's a memory course that someone told me about. And if you just take numbers and rhyme a word with a number, a picture with a number, one, sun, two, shoe, three, tree, four, door, five, hive, six, sticks, and you want to memorize something, you just think of an incident, particularly humorous if you can, like if you want to remember the evidence Bible, you just think of the evidence Bible being stuck right in the mouth of the sun. Just stick it in mm. there. And then two shoe, you want to remember uh, this cup here. 
think of trying to put on a shoe and the cup's in the shoe and you can't oh, get your foot on. Oh, interesting. So when you go one sun, you think, oh, evidence Bible, two shoe cup, it immediately comes and you huh. can have a whole list. I use it all the time, Ray. Yeah, do you really? Yeah, mnemonic devices. Yeah, I mean, you just, you, you connect things because, and you're going to remember them sequentially because you know one through 10 and then you, the rhyme connects it and then you do something with it. You know, like I remember... Even now, I can recall some things that I've done it with before. One sun, I got to go to the store, I got to get eggs. I imagine a giant egg being cracked on the sun and it's sizzling, you know? And it Interesting. Just, it's really, really cool. If you can make it sizzle and even hear the sizzle, it just stays in the brain. It's yeah. quite incredible. So I did I've it with it. Matthew. Yeah. Oh, too. So, so Matthew 1, the family tree, the Savior's genealogy. Then Joseph heard angel's word and every prophecy occurred. Jesus, through his virgin birth, could now redeem this fallen earth. Matthew 2, the Magi travel far. They're led to Christ by Eastern, Eastern star. Herod, frightened by the this news attempts to slay the king of Jews. Flee to Egypt, angel said, then come back home when Herod's dead. He sought to kill the Christ and tried, but in the end he vainly died. As the family returned, they fled to Nazareth concerned. They knew, for God had made it known, that Herod's son sat on his throne. Matthew 3, John fulfills the word. He cries out loudly and is heard. Then his baptism begins to wash away the people's sins. The hypocrites has come there too, yet John forewarns them to be true. He spoke of Christ and realized that he had come to be baptized. Chapter 4, the devil prowls about. He tempts the Christ to make him doubt, yet Jesus fought with mighty clout. Three blows to Satan's nose, knockout. John's taken into custody, so Jesus moves to Galilee, Capernaum beside the sea, and Zebulun and Naphtali. Then Jesus preached along the sand, repent, the kingdom is at hand. Then he called out, follow me, to Pete and Andrew by the sea, and the sons of Zebedee, fishermen of men you'll be. Then he healed and taught the Jews and told them all of God's good news. As people sought him, he was found and followed by them all around. That was all by memory. That was yeah. So that's one through four, and it's like again when you're trying to what's in that chapter, and it just triggers it. Easy, if you could give me a recording of you doing that, I'll put video on 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 the whole thing, and it just oh, that would be awesome. I gotta finish it, you know. A friend of mine were doing it, and a friend I'm of mine and I were doing you it. Rhyme when you speak, actually, a friend of mine or a friend of mine back in the day, he and I would get away. We would sit and we would talk, and then we'd get up and we would walk. We'd come back and we'd hang out. And we would do it without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Why the laugh? I don't know. A laugh helped me good feel, you know. <laughs> oh man, I can go on forever. Anyway, but that's fun. Rhyme, amen. All right, friends, we have a comment. This is from Helly Jelly Jelly eighty nine. Helly Jelly. Yeah, look at how cool other podcasts exist. Three question marks. I have many podcasts in my podcast library, but the one that's constantly on is Living Waters. It's been such a blessing in my life. The guys are hilarious and I've learned so much. I was born and raised in a Christian home, but never been really serious in my walk with Christ. Through this podcast, I've been convicted on a lot and have come to repentance on others, and I've opened my Bible more often. I've come to a point where I stop and meditate on Scripture before making a move or opening my mouth in situations. I stop and remember, oh, there was an episode on this, Hmm. and I proceed with caution. I often put it on with my kids in the car and watch as they all stop doing what they're doing. Take headphones off as they listen intently and with curiosity. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. You have been such a blessing for me and my family. Wow. Wow. I mean, honestly, I, I read one every episode, but it, ones like this just just strike my heart. Really? You know, I mean, someone to say that God is using the podcast for them to actually stop, remember things we've said, and then you know, think about how they're going to proceed as it connects with God's word. It's amazing, so yeah. encouraging. Praise the Lord! It's encouraging. Yeah. God uses donkeys. <laughs> donkeys. All right, friends. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers. Ray, 
one of your latest. That's a new book, yes. It's just yeah. come out. just arrived at the ministry, and I think it got published officially yesterday. Wow. By Broad Street. It's, uh, they've done a wonderful job. Well, we have it available. People can order it now. Yeah, it doesn't matter about God hearing prayers until you're hanging by your fingernails over a cliff edge or you're in uh, a plane upside down during turbulence. That's when you need to know God hears your prayers. Yeah. Amen. And uh, it's good. It's got that one of those cool covers on it too, right? Very cool cover. You're really into cool covers these days. Discover what the Bible says about the fear of the Lord. Recognize the importance of repentance and obedience. Be empowered to share gospel truths and find peace in God's promises. Bound to be a good one, friends. And don't forget to check out the evidence. What kind? What kind? I, Study. No, I just like the way you said bound to be a good one. That book is bound. Bound. Like ah, double meaning. Tina has one. <laughs> Tina has one. She does. My cousin Tina has the Evidence Study Bible. Make sure to get it at livingwaters.com. <laughs> All right, guys. Today we're talking about Estefan. Estefan. Our good friend Estefan. You guys you guys remember Estefan? What was it? Was it uh, Nacho Libre? Oh, yeah. You've been baptized. I've been baptized. Those eggs, they don't give me no nutrients. He's Stefan. You'd call me Stefan. But yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Stephen. Mm. The stoning of Stephen. First yeah. martyr? Yeah, the first recorded martyr of the church. Man, Stephen is one of those guys, especially with how it described him. We're going to get into that. But where it says, you know, as the council looked at him, they saw him, and his face was like the face of an angel. What does that mean? Looked like me. (laughs) (laughs) Looked not like Mark Spence, rather. A fallen angel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, wait, that reminds me. Didn't you write a tract once? Touched by an angle? (laughs) (laughs) Touched (laughs) by an angle. Where do you come up with this stuff? Department of Annoyance. Oscar, do you remember the one he did about uh, Will Fortune? Oh, yeah, I remember the Will Fortune Fat paycheck and the white van. (laughs) That's my favorite. But yeah, uh, touched by an angle. Uh, but his face was like the face of an angel. I, I, I think that's indicative of uh, just a countenance that reflected holiness and righteousness yeah. and talked about you know the wisdom they couldn't contend with mm. as it related to him. But Ray, speaking of Stephen, you wrote a very uh, famous book that's gone all around the world with Stephen on it. Yes, yeah, the, the cover, it's, a, it's the cover of uh, God has a Wonderful Plan for Your Life, the myth of the modern message, as a picture of Stephen being stoned to death. And that really is depictive of the fact that when you become a Christian, things don't always go well. It's not a bed of roses. There's a lot of thorns involved. Mm. And uh, and so that's what that book's about. I haven't read it, actually. <laughs> I've never read it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, that cover, that just says it all. You know, when you when you look at the cover and then you contrast it with the title, God has a wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> yeah, and but but it's important for us to look at the lives of saints like Stephen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, guys, let's just kind of camp here for just a second. We, we should probably camp here for the next 30 minutes, actually. <laughs> I like very much. But we, we look at faith preachers today, word of faith preachers, prosperity preachers, and guys like Stephen are not their favorite to talk about. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't typically like to talk about Job. They don't typically like to look at Second Corinthians 11 and look at Paul's persecutions mm-hmm. and bobbing up and down like a cork as he's shipwrecked in the ocean and being beaten with rods and whipped with cords and hungry and, you know, all that, right? Imprisoned. But th- this is connected to 
the promises we have in Scripture that in this world you will have tribulation, that through many trials you will enter the kingdom, mm. that there are those who suffer according to the will of God. And so, Mark, Stephen is someone that we should look at and say, Lord, help us to have the heart of Stephen should we be in circumstances like that to whatever degree. Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has a hundred dollars. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Boy, there's so much I want to say here. Say it. Good. Boy, I don't, I don't want to have a filibuster here. No, you're fine. Uh, you know, capitalize. I'll wake us up when you finish. Go ahead. I, I want to say, and Monopolize. I highly recommend Ray's book, <laughs> you know, God is a Wonderful Plan. Yeah. Right. I, it, it, it was seriously one of the most impactful books I've ever read. I've only read two, but it's one of the <laughs> most impactful books I've ever read. And to what you were saying that uh, modern day prosperity preachers, you know, that they could not read that book all the way through without realizing that it is flying in the face of their message. Mm. And one of the points that Ray brings out inside the book is, imagine bringing a friend to church, and the pastor's up there, he's behind the pulpit, and he says, hey, we have some guests. You know, we'd like to welcome the guests, we'd like to pray for our guests. I want to tell you about this wonderful plan that God has for you, but before we do so, we have some prayer needs inside the body here. You know, Earl, he lost his job. There's several families that are struggling financially. You know, Susan, she lost her battle with cancer. Let's pray for these dear members of our church. And then I want to tell you, you dear guest, what a wonderful plan <laughs> that God has for you. And people become disillusioned when they hear a message that is antithetical to what is actually written inside Scripture. Yeah. We've talked many times about how if you become a Christian, the promises that await you are trials and tribulation, persecution, temptation, and suffering. Oh, and also, by the way, your name is written in heaven with ink that cannot be blotted out. Well, Stephen, being the first Christian martyr, he paved the way, and it was Tertullian who said the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Amen. Uh, somebody else said, and I, I, I don't know who exactly said it, but he it said me. the problem with Christians— is nobody wants to kill them anymore because they multiply every time you do kill them. Wow. <laughs> right? And this is this is what has happened with Stephen. When Stephen died, there was a seed that went down, and it was really a starter gun uh, for the church. I don't remember where I heard it either, but it, it was said that when the Apostle Paul died, undoubtedly he entered into heaven with the stereophonic praises of the martyrs that he had himself put to death, because that's how the gospel works, wow. that we are rooting for people to come to Christ, mm. that people would count us as their enemies, 
but we don't count them as our enemies. We just realize that people are uh, perhaps dead in their sins and their trespasses, that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Yeah. That the thing that is going on around us is more spiritual than it is physical. And of course, uh, Stephen paving the way for us is just the one of many. Though he was the first, he wasn't the last. And until that last one comes and dies, and whoever that is and inherits salvation, then Christ will mm. eventually come. But yeah, yeah, it's a pathway paved with blood. I'm so glad we're we're looking at this today. And you know, Ray, I, I want to throw this out because I don't want people to misunderstand. And and you can clarify, you can enlighten us uh, in this regard, but. I think sometimes people misunderstand what we mean by the error of the God has a wonderful plan for your life message. Obviously, in the grand scheme of things, we know God causes all things to work together for good, right? I mean, He's conforming us into the image of Christ. He has His ultimate master plan, and that ultimately, all that God allows will be wonderful in an eternal sense. But the the false message is giving people the sense that as a Christian, everything is going to be just a bed of roses. Everything's going to be, you know, just a pie in the sky type thing. And so they come to Christ and they experience what Scripture tells us about about the persecution and struggles and trials, and then they get disillusioned. Is that accurate? That's exactly right. So I don't need to add anything to it. It's really wonderful. <laughs> Basically, spoke for you. Yeah, <laughs> Oscar, you were going to say. Yeah, I was going to say what makes his death so powerful isn't that he died, but it's how he died. Hmm. Because it's just, it's so otherly. I mean, the last thing that he says, that Stephen says is that uh, while they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then it says, he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Hmm. And after saying this, he fell asleep. You see, what makes that death so powerful is that he echoes the same words as his Savior, because it was Jesus on the cross that says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he says, Father, into thy hands, into your hands, I commend my spirit. What makes the death of a martyr so powerful is, is when they do it in the same spirit with the same hope as, as their own savior died. Yeah. And of course, Jesus died for us so that we can follow in his footsteps. Yeah. And, and Stephen did that to his last breath. And not right. just a yeah. martyr, but Christian martyrs, right? That right. I often bring this out to our LDS friends. I'll say, hey, how did uh, Joseph Smith die? Any idea? Did he die like Stephen? Did he say, lay not this charge against him? Did he die like Jesus and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do? No, he went out shooting. He went out trying to kill as many people as possible when he was martyred. Hmm. There's a difference between Christianity and every other worldview. Amen. And yeah, and I want to I want to dive deep into the ending of Stephen's story. Of course, I'm glad you kind of brought that up so we can head toward that ending, Oscar. But you know, Stephen was a man who stood out. He was distinct. And we, we see him arrive on the scene in Act 6, right? Problem with the Hellenistics, seven get picked, and the problem gets fixed, <laughs> there <laughs> right? But that's the context in which we see him. There was a problem going on in the church. There was, you know, an issue with the widows being neglected and the distribution of food. And so the Hellenists or the Greek 
Greeks versus the Hebrews. And so the apostles are like, man, we, we've got a lot on our hands. We've got God's word and prayer to attend to. Not that this is beneath us. Obviously, they were tending to it and doing it, but they said, hey, we need to raise up men. And this is believed to have been the first group of deacons, right, that were raised up. And it says uh, in Acts 6.1, when the apostles said, hey, we want you to choose from among yourselves, right, these sorts of men. And it says in Acts 6.1, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then it named the others that were chosen as well. But Ray, how wonderful is that to be said of someone that they're full of faith in the Holy Spirit as a distinguishing characteristic? Yeah, um, we all want to live and die like Stephen, mm. to be full of faith, trust in God, and to be full of the love of God as he was when he went out. And he went out preaching open air, which I think is just wonderful. <laughs> and, and then to be full of the word, he just went straight through the Old Testament, didn't even rhyme, you know? <laughs> and yet he, he, didn't, he didn't do that one son, two shoe, I'm sure. <laughs> he just spat it out. And then it seemed as his hearers were simmering down a little bit, but when he said what he said, they boiled over. And this is what caused them to boil over. And I think it's just so different from how preachers treat their audience. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. And I was thinking where Jesus said, the time will come when God, uh, people will kill you, thinking they're doing God's service. And he also said, when they deliver you up, don't premeditate what you're going to say. Your heavenly Father will speak through you. And I wonder if Stephen, as he said, you stiff-necked. Stiff-necked and uncircumcised, saying, what on earth am I saying? I didn't even think of this, you know? And he went on to say, always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you have now become betrayers and murderers. They were violating the very law they said they upheld. And then he said, you who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. And when you tell anyone they haven't kept (laughs) God's law, you're either going to get a humble heart who will listen to what you say, or you'll get an angry, proud heart who will be uh, simmering over at you because of what you've said. Hmm. Because every man is pure in his own eyes and they don't like being told that they've sinned against God. And that's what Stephen did. He said, you've given the the law and you have not kept it. They twisted that law. They changed it to suit themselves. And they drew near to God with their lips, but their hearts were far from them. And Jesus said, you worship God in vain when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you think of uh, when it was that, that they ended up responding, you know, that finally hit them. It says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. I mean, this was a serious happy. scene, right? Uh, and and it, it, it seemed like, obviously, they were listening up to that point, right? Yeah. Ray, were you, were you practicing teeth gnashing? I was just gnashing? thinking, how do you gnash you your teeth? What does gnash mean? Are we, I think we talk of gritting your teeth and perhaps grinding them with anger. Yeah. I say, you're doing it too now as I'm speaking. <laughs> Take them out and get, get a look at them. <laughs> I'm watching Ray over there as I'm talking. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> how do you gnash? How do you gnash your teeth? <laughs> but, you know, yeah, they listened like up to that point and they were pricked, you know, Cut to the heart. Oh, I love that. How would you describe that, guys? Cut to the heart. What, what would that? Well, we, I mean, we're the only ones that have a message that is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. 
I had a, uh, I have a friend whose child is going through a difficult time of uh, rebellion and uh, the child ended up saying, hey, p- please stop sharing uh, scripture with me. I'm not listening to you. Mm. And I said, well, listen, that, that's like saying, you know, I'm going to go stand on the freeway and the traffic's not going to affect me. Yeah. Uh, you can yield a sword, you can shoot me, it's not going to hit me. And I go, listen, no, the Word of God, it's living and powerful. Don't mm. ever stop sharing Scripture. You know, you think of the Christians with their message, that they are bold, and they are courageous, and they're able to share in spite of the persecution. Justin Martyr, he said, you can kill us, but you cannot harm us. Mm. There's a focus, right? Because we are indispensable until he calls us home. And of course, the message is not going to return void. Yeah, Yeah. the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And when it pricks your heart, you can respond in one of two ways. You can respond in, in humble repentance, turning from sin and turning towards your God who has forgiven you. Or you could turn against God and rebellion and stubbornness and anger and gnashing of teeth, which is exactly what happens with this crowd, right? That's the difference is that everyone is pricked. What matters is what happens next. Do you repent or do you you cover up your sin in pride? Mm. Uh, Just you've brought back a memory to me that um, made me kind of shudder. Um, a long time ago, I was speaking to a crowd and I was being heckled. This is back in Christchurch, New Zealand. There must have been a crowd of 200 people. It was just a really big crowd for an open-air preaching. And I can't remember what happened, but the, the heckler said something really awful, and the whole crowd just roared at me. And it was wow. like a wave came over the crowd, and I, mm. it was like a spirit or something. And it just, it, and I thought, that must have been what it was like for Stephen mm. to have a whole crowd of people, like a lynching mob, grit their teeth yeah. and drag him out and stone him to death. Isn't it fascinating how the forces of darkness will unite, even if they're at enmity with each other? If it comes to a common enemy, like a believer, they'll unite. I mean, we've seen that how many times in, in the open air, right? You'll be preaching and and then someone will, yeah, you idiot. And then we'll, yeah, and everyone will join it's in. It's like Herod you know? and Pilate became friends I was just going to say that. Yeah, Herod yeah. and Pilate. And you get this old guy that hates hippies, the people with tattoos and all that, and yet they'll, they'll go arm in arm against Christianity. Yeah, hmm. it's, it's amazing. You know, the thing about Stephen that just, fascinates me is is how he's described. I mean, we already talked about, you know, he was full of faith in the Holy Spirit, but in verse 8 of here, Acts 6, it says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. This is just something to consider, because it's easy for people to say, well, look, Stephen preached with boldness and courage and all this stuff, because, well, I mean, he was doing signs and wonders. He was seeing miracles. He was, I, I've just been recently in the, in the you know, Samuel's Chronicles, Kings, and and listening, listening to the story of King Solomon, the Lord appeared to him twice, made him the wisest man in the world, gr- granted him peace in his entire dominion, gave him riches beyond description, and he ends up worshiping worthless idols, <laughs> right? I mean, the guys at the tomb, the guards at the tomb, the, the Roman soldiers, they saw Christ they knew that he rose from the dead. They became like dead men, right? Hmm. And they were bought off with some money. That's not the thing. The thing is not seeing miracles. The thing is not seeing, oh, if God answered prayer in my life, the way he answers prayer in your life, then I'd believe or whatever. You know, no, no, none of that. 
It's a determination to continue to proactively walk with the Lord. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was continually being filled, and that that was being manifested. And I love how it describes it. It says, then there arose from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Ah, I mean, that's unction. Yeah. You know, they couldn't resist it. And, and we've seen it when, when God's hand is upon a, a man of God and he's, he's expounding God's truth and the world comes with its foolish arguments and, and they just can't resist it. It's like, yeah. oh, or their mouths yeah, The are boldness silent. that comes upon an evangelist who's out on the street sharing the gospel or listening to people spit out heresy. And then, you know, I see it time and time again. We've seen it where we bring people out and they're engaging in dialogues and we're just kind of maybe listening in, allowing them to get into the conversation and the person that they're talking to is overpowering the person that we're mm-hmm. talking to. And we just well up, yeah. you know, with, with scripture galore, with stories mm-hmm. galore, with with a righteous indignation and this boldness yeah. that comes upon us to proclaim, not caring who's around, not caring how loud our voice is. People that are afraid of open air preaching find themselves open air preaching because they're just provoked within them yeah. uh, because of what God has done inside them and it just has to come out. Mm. I love yeah. that feeling too, where you, you walk away from a conversation and you're like, "What? Where did what I said come yeah, from? Right. Like I didn't premeditate <laughs> yeah. that. I didn't study that. I didn't. Pl- did somebody write that down? <laughs> you know, you ever get that oh, feeling? You're man, like, man, man, what did I just say? There was a book in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think of. What ends up happening at times with those who do stand boldly for the Lord? I mean, Ray, you've mentioned it even recently on a podcast where lies were being made up about you. I mean, you had the police come to your house because you were accused of these just horrible things. I can't even repeat. Was it the FBI? No, no, it was not. The CIA? No, no, no. It was uh, an atheist in Chicago who said that I would um, sacrifice my children if God told me to. And he, he made up a quote and put my... F- my picture on it and my name with the quote that I, in an instant I'd sacrifice my kids. And the police came around home because they, they reported me and I invited the police in and they said, where's your children? I said, they're all married with kids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and funny. they, they, and I showed them computer where I used to have atheist central and they laughed and left. That was it. Yeah. That yeah. was all over. Well, but that's typically what happens, right? Look what happened with Stephen when they couldn't resist, uh, you know, the, his spirit and, and the words that he spoke and his wisdom it says, then in verse 11, then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, brought him to the council. So that's where they go. That's what happens. Now you, you spread lies and rumors. And yet Jesus, as we saw in the last podcast, tells us to rejoice in that. And then Stephen, Stephen turned it around and said, they're the ones that were the blasphemers. Right. They're the ones that had committed murder. Yeah. And, uh, and what a sermon he preached, Mark! Right, he he walked them like through the history of the of the children of Israel, and takes them like step by step through that. Isn't that a good indicator to us? Ken, we're talking about lessons learned from the life of Stephen. Indicators for us to to be filled with the Word of God. That's what it was. He was filled. I mean, it was almost like exact chronology of all that happened. Yeah, you you hide God's Word in you, and He'll dig it out in the right moment. That's good. Mm-hmm. Just the right time. Yeah. How do you, somebody could look at Stephen's life and be like, man, that scares me away from sharing the gospel. Because like, it didn't turn out very well for Stephen. How do you look at Stephen's life 
because I know we do this, how do you explain looking at Stephen's life and not being scared away from the proclamation of the gospel, but being encouraged towards it? What I learned hmm. is that whenever you open air preach, make sure there's no stones around. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sand at Huntington yeah. Beach. That's why I go there. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. Ray always talks about how you don't see any stones in the chips aisle at the supermarket when you're there. We live in an, in a place here in the U.S., and I'm glad you, you reminded us recently, Oscar, that there are people all over the world listening to us, and there are some that are living that out. I was meeting with a lifetime friend of mine uh, last night, and he was just telling me he was just in the 1040 window, mm. that, that space there on the globe where it's the most unreached, where people haven't heard the gospel. And he, he was talking to these saints, and he was telling them, you guys, you understand you are the 1040 window. Like this is you. And because he was, you know, talking to them about, you know, go and proclaim the gospel to the unreached. And he's like, you're, you're here. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be looking to leave here. You're here, proclaim the gospel, you know. But we forget, yeah, that there, there are those who are, who are persecuted and are going through this. We don't experience it so much here, but other saints do. But I think it really comes down to having that eternal perspective. And having the heart that says almost like, hey, uh, my child is outside right now. And uh, as I look out the window, I see this pit bull charging toward my child. There is no question at that moment in time. There's no thought, oh, I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> that dog might maul me, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you run with everything within you. You throw your body, you tear that pit bull to pieces with your hands I had to protect experience. your child. Do you remember when I was walking along a path with my kids, the three of them, walking beside me, and I saw two Dobermans, big black Dobermans, running towards my children. Wow. And I've never felt the power of love like I felt that. I just grabbed my kids, pushed them beside me, and I was going to stand there and rip those dogs to pieces. And as they ran towards us, they ran past us, didn't even notice us. <laughs> but I funny. felt the power of love. That's the same thing that happened to us with a Maltese. <laughs> <laughs> a Pekingese. Yeah, but obviously that's what Stephen's heart was and what he yes. was doing. How do we know that? Because of what he said at the end. Yeah. Don't charge them with this wrong or don't hold this against them. I mean, that's a heart of love. If, if it wasn't, if that wasn't his motivation for saying the hard things he said to them, then he would have said, Lord, devour them, destroy them. You would have prayed some imprecatory prayers at that moment. Well, back he, had a, he had Elijah for a president. <clears throat> right. Send fire down from heaven, but he knew what Jesus said about that. But I think another key is to, and we often say it, it sounds like a cliche, keep your eyes on Jesus. Hmm. But that's, that's the essence of the Christian walk. Keep mm-hmm. your eyes on Jesus. And that's exactly what Stephen did. Wow. He saw the heavens open. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God, not seated at the right hand of God. What's the significance but, uh, of that, The significance right? is I think it's a salute. It's uh, a concern uh, in the sense, I mean, obviously God allowed it to happen, but it just shows that God is concerned with every aspect of our lives. And when a martyr comes through, it's a stand of salute. Mm. Yeah, sense. you, you know what, what that reminds me of, and I'll let you jump in, Oscar. Reminds me of Paul in Acts 20 when... Mm. Mm. <laughs> I know that was Love coming. That. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to learn my rhymes so you really know what's in those chapters. This is Acts 20. But, but where, where Paul's speaking to the elders and... And, you know, they're weeping and, you know, oh, no, he's going to go to Jerusalem. He's going to get killed. You know, that prophecy was given. He's going to be bound. He's like, what are you doing crying mm. and breaking my heart? He said, I'm ready both to be bound and to die for the name of Jesus. Like, mm. 
That, that's what I'm talking about. And that's the answer to your question, Oscar. How do we do that? Our lives are not our own. We've been bought with a price. Eternity is coming. The sufferings of this present age aren't, be wor- aren't worthy to be compared with what's, what's going to be And we're dead with Christ already. Yeah. Amen. And so, so I think, okay, so obviously, I'm not saying this to sound like some kind of, of course, if I was faced with that, I'm going to experience fear and, and apprehension and all of that. But what helps us overcome it is first, you know, you think of Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 11, the hall of faith, which says, I mean, when we look at all that, all their lives, but in chapter 12, it says, because we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and you look at those who went before us, of whom the world was not worthy, who, who laid a foundation in terms of what it means to not be focused on this life, but to look to the reward that will come. That's good. We let ourselves be motivated by that. We remember that he's with us always, even unto the end of the age, was, which was in the context of the gospel. And we say, Lord, my, what is life? It's a blip. It's, yeah. it's going to pass anyway. As I mentioned in our previous podcast, it's just so important for us to realize that we are, we're Americans. And when we talk about persecution, we're talking about like, not even little, like little, it's like T-ball version of persecution. <laughs> and we reflected on the reality there are people listening to us in the 1040 window. There are people listening to us in the Middle East. There may be somebody listening to us right now that if they got caught listening to this podcast, they might have repercussions. Yeah. And let me just say to you, you might be listening to us, but man, we look up to you. Amen. Because we just don't know what it's like to live faithfully for the Lord, mm. to really be that eternally minded. I look up to you. And uh, I shared this in maybe the first 10 or 15 episodes that we ever did, but it's one of my favorite poems in the Old Testament. It's in Isaiah. And I think this helps us get this eternal mindset, this way of viewing the world and ourselves and we, where we are at in the timeline of spiritual history or history because it's the same thing, which is there's the story in which Israel has been sacked by a kingdom. And it's a poem, but you can deduce that it's Babylon that they're talking about. And, and you get this imagery that like everything is destroyed that the rubble is still smoldering with fire, that people are still counting the dead amongst their loved ones, that there's ash on their faith, that their bre- face, that they're breathing in the smoke. And then off in the distance, they see somebody come over the horizon and they're running towards them. The imagery that you get of this poem in Isaiah is that the guard looks up and they see that somebody's coming at them. And then they realize that it's a messenger running towards them. And by the time the messenger gets there, the, the report that they give him is that the king still reigns. The king has won the war and they rejoice. They mm. celebrate because even though their little village is experiencing the damages of war, they know that the war has been won and that justice and goodness and reconciliation is coming back, that Mm. all will be well. Mm. And it's that mindset that I think us as Christians need to go into the world to share the gospel to others, to let them know that the war against sin and death has been won. And that is a message worth running for and worth dying for. Mm-hmm. Amen. Oh man, so good. Also regarding easy feeling fear and fear of persecution, always remember the words of Jesus. If you're persecuted in one city, flee to the next. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, they let Paul down in a basket. Mm-hmm. Here's a basket, <laughs> ca- here's a basket case. 
Yeah. Um, so Mark, uh, so, so Stephen gives them this, this amazing sermon, a breakdown, a flyover in terms of the history of the, the children of Israel. Starts with uh, the call of Abraham. He goes to the patriarchs in Egypt. Uh, he goes to how God delivers Israel by Moses, and then Israel's rebellion against God, God's true tabernacle, and then Israel resisting the Holy Spirit and ties that in with them. He calls them stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ear. I mean, like he did not hold back. And he tells them they're resisting the Holy Spirit as their fathers did. Like, I mean, he had a point in this whole sermon, and then he, he brings it all together. And- uh, Where and, was and, his, where did every head bowed and eye close? Where's the nice music come forward? And then it says, Mark, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. And another part that's where it says, but he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. This is the part. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And then they cast him out and began to stone him. Stop their ears. There's there's some, yeah, go ahead. Listen, there's going to come a time, undoubtedly, as we look over our lives, that it's not going to end well, mm. if you would. Yeah. That there's going to come a time where we are ushered into uh, the kingdom of heaven. And, and on that day, it's, it's all going to make sense. Uh, until then, listen, th- things are just bleak and dark. And we look through uh, Glasshouse dimly. Th- things are insane. I mean, in fact, l- let me pause for a second. Consider the way some of the apostles and disciples had had died. Yeah. Matthew suffered martyrdom being slain with a sword at a distant city of Ethiopia. Mark died in Alexandria after being cruelly dragged through the streets of that city. Luke was hanged upon an olive tree in the classic land of Greece. John was put in a cauldron of boiling oil, and, but he escaped death in a miraculous manner and was afterward banished to the island of Patmos. Peter was crucified upside down in Rome with his head at the feet of the people. James the Greater was beheaded in Jerusalem. James the Less was thrown from a lofty pinnacle of the temple and then beaten to death with a fuller's club. Mm-hmm. Bartholomew was skinned alive. Andrew was bound to a cross where he preached to his persecutors until he breathed his last breath. Thomas was run through the body with a lance in the East Indies. Jude was shot to death with arrows. Matthias was first stoned and then he was beheaded. Barnabas of the Gentiles was stoned to death. And Paul after various tortures and persecutions, was at length beheaded at Rome by the emperor Nero. Now's the time for an altar call. <laughs> and, and Ray was pecked to death by his 24 chickens. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Mark. Oh, that's just uh, that's, awful. Uh, that is so heavy and sobering. And, and I can't even read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Mm. You know, the one with illustrations. It's oh, horrific. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we have to think back on those that, gave their lives, shed their blood so that truth of the gospel could be preserved and brought mm. to us, yeah. you know? I mean- That's a good point. And learn from their examples. Oftentimes you'll see veterans uh, get enraged when they see people trampling the American flag. And I've heard some say, I fought for the freedom for you to be able to do that, mm. <laughs> right? And there's no understanding of that value. I, I remember being in DC and seeing that World War II memorial 
and it had all these golden stars affixed to it. And each one, I think, represented 10,000 lives given in World War II. I think there were 500,000 people that died in World War II. And it said, here we mark the price of freedom. Mm. And we need to remember, you know, Stephen opened the floodgates of persecution for the church. 50 million. What's that? World War II was 50 million. 50 million, but I think 500,000 U.S. soldiers gave their lives. Yeah. And, And so you look at that and it's like, what in the world? To think about how so casually we live today, mm. but to see the example of Stephen, and even at the end, he was not bitter. Mm. He understood the, the reality of eternity. God, don't charge them with this wrong. And then he was received into the arms of that Savior that he saw standing, the one who, who extended his arms first to shed his blood for him on that cross. Do you know what all this means? Hmm. It means you can't be dumb at the end of this program. It's another one of those ones we finish soberly. <laughs> I know. I can't be stupid. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, friends, there you have it. Man, look, man, look, woman, woman, look, everybody, look. We we sit around in this room and and we do these podcasts, and we just hope that when you hear anything of value from what we say in our feebleness, because we do know we, we're feeble. We joke sometimes about our silliness, but we, we know what we are. We are nothing. Mm-hmm. We are glorified dirt. And for us to, to just think that some of you may hear something that we say that aligns with God's word and that you do it is the greatest joy to us. And that's our encouragement to you. Be doers of the word. Take these things you're hearing and determined to live them out. We end with Stephen praying, and I remind you of Ray's book, How to Make Sure God Hears Your Prayers. Talk about a God-honoring prayer, one of forgiveness mm. and, and compassion and mercy for, for the very people that are killing him. Who else can't we pray for then? Mm. So let's intercede, let's stand in the gap. This book will help you. And remember, the Evidence Study Bible, you check them all out, livingwaters.com. Send us your comments, your thoughts, suggestions at podcast.livingwaters.com. Give us ratings and also comments on whatever platform you're listening Thanks for joining us. We'll see you here next time, friends. Listen, a normal one on the Living Waters podcast, where we have no idea what we're doing, but by God's grace, he lets us do it anyway. chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Willen Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.